Welcome everyone to Ascend and Transcend. I'm your coach, Elizabeth. And on today's episode, we have a powerhouse in LA news. She's anchor Araxia Karpatan, and she is somebody that's interviewed me multiple times when I've done segments for Fox 11 here in LA. And I've always kind of wondered, like, how does she do it all? I knew from our brief interactions that she had a lot on her plate. She's a mom. I swear to God, every time I turn on the TV, she's on it. And when she's not anchoring the news, she is at numerous charitable events and giving back. So I thought, how great to have her on and just kind of find out, number one, how does she deal with all of the negative news that she is inundated with every day that she's kind of forced to be immersed in, as well as being a working mom. So we had a great chat and I got to ask all those questions that you always wonder about TV anchors, how they do it all. Araxia, thank you so much for being here. Today is just another whirlwind day in your life of waking up and being at the station at four. And I think a lot of women probably think, how does she do it? And we're going to get into that, this whole concept of work-life balance. Do you feel like you have it? Do you feel like you've ever had it? And how did you get to that place? But first, I wanted to ask you really quickly, because I don't, yeah. I bet everybody thinks about this when they see journalists on air, is with the kind of like relentless onslaught of negative events that happen in the world, do you feel like you ever bring that home with you? Or are you able to really compartmentalize a lot of what you have to be immersed in while you're on the news? I wish I was better at compartmentalizing. And I feel as though ever since I had kids and I became a mom, it's been harder to do that um, because stories impact me in a much more different way. And they just stay with me. Anything to do with children, anything to do where people are getting hurt, the elderly, things that impact safety in general. And it comes to you, the thought of raising a family or what happens down the line with them in the future. Those types of things really are difficult for me to let go of. And it it does take a toll on me because then it kind of casts this cloud over my day, sometimes even my week. One thing I can think of in particular was there was this one road rage incident months back where they shot at a car and the child was in the car seat and ended up dying because it was a road rage incident, which is just nuts. But you immediately think, wait, like that could be me. I'm driving in the car. My kids are in a car seat. Some crazy person doesn't know how to handle themselves. And that could have been me where my child all of a sudden says, my stomach is hurting. And you pull over to the freeway, you take your child out of the car, you realize they have a gunshot wound and they die in your arms. Like I start to just think of these crazy situations. And I remember for a few weeks after that, every time I was in the car, I constantly would look at the mirror and I'd see my kids in the car seat. And I would just think of this scenario and, oh my gosh, what was that mother feeling and thinking? And, hey, I need to like be extra careful not to honk at someone. And you never know who surrounds you. Like we can do everything ourselves to control ourselves and protect our children the best of our abilities, but we have no control obviously over other people. And so I'm exposed to just bad news all the time. Obviously, the news is news. We do cover some great good stories, which is wonderful. But most of the time, it's death and doom and gloom. And it really does impact my mood. And it's hard to compartmentalize these things. I mean, I was kind of wondering, too, like, I know you don't get a lot of sleep because last time we chatted, we talked about that, right? And some of it is just the nature of your job, right? You wake up so early that it's really hard. But I wonder then if this is a piece of it, too, if you're just kind of 
really submersed in that lower vibration and that negativity and that energy. And it's to the point where you have to actually read it. I mean, a lot of us are just watching yeah. it and we have right. the opportunity to change the channel. And a lot of times, like I will watch morning news, but I really try to avoid like evening news because I don't know. I just feel like at least in the morning news, there's an opportunity for a little bit more of those good stories to come through yeah. and some really useful insight. And it's really this fine line between like ignorance is bliss and then also really trying to be informed about what's going on and like global events that we need to be educated on. So I wonder, like, do you have any tools in your toolbox that you use to try to disconnect from that energy so that you can sleep, so that you can hold your children and be present? Definitely just have to tell myself that I have to actively try to disengage. It's difficult with social media though, because oftentimes, even though I'm done working, like I'm done right now, right? I'm going to walk out of here and I don't have to sit on the set. And at, on weekends, I've made a conscious effort to, from Friday until Monday, completely not look at any news, not be active on social media, also not look at any news. Sometimes on Monday morning, I walk in and I'm like, what happened in the world? I have no idea because I really don't know. But it's very important that I do that. It was a New Year's resolution. I started like two years ago and I've kept it up. And um, it really is cleansing for me mentally, emotionally. And I feel like it cleanses my soul. I really have this cleanse. And then I start the week over with everything that's happening in the world. But when I get home, social media is part of our lives. So during the week, I'm still posting things or stories or behind the scenes tidbits of my life because people like to see that. Integrating that with news. So I feel like I still am kind of working because it's part of what this news personality role is. It's not just being yeah. a journalist. Now they call you a news personality, which is kind of funny, but that's kind of what it is. But I just have to make a conscious effort and tell myself and remind myself, try to be in the moment. When I'm around my kids, they do remind me of the innocence that still exists in the world. And that makes me feel good for sure. But it's definitely something that doesn't come naturally to me. And I have to really work hard at disengaging and living in the moment and not letting all of the negativity consume me because it does. Yeah, I know. I have a cousin who is a camera operator for CNN and she's there for all of the debates and stuff that we just had or the mid midterms. And I asked her too, and some of my producer friends, how do they do it? And they say it's really heavy. And a lot of them have actually gotten out of the industry because they said that it's just getting you know, I'm sure it's all relative, but to them, it just feels like it's getting so bad with all of the shootings. And yeah. it just feels like it's a little bit more on the forefront instead of having one tragedy, two tragedies a year. I mean, God, we just had seven, I think, in the last week. So it's it's really I've lost count. I mean, it's crazy. And, and but yeah. I always think about the people who are telling those stories. Right. And I think about the crew and I think about everybody who had to research that and write the script and like, how can that not permeate? your brain. But I love that you said that you're able to just kind of like snuggle with the babies and be present because to them, they see the world from a completely different perspective and how wonderful for us to be able to try to get on that level. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. And, and you know what? I have a rule in my house. I don't allow the news to be on. <laughs> so yeah, I don't let my kids watch it. I, I, I mean, they're still young. It's not that I'm trying to I'm not yeah. trying to shield them from the real world. It's just they're young and they don't need that. So right. yeah, I hear you. Well, I wanted to ask you too. I mean, I want to get into like this whole I, this whole concept of motherhood and work-life balance and if you think it actually is possible. 
But another thing that I love about your story is that I feel like you're a really big risk taker. And you moved from Armenia to the States when you were seven, and then you really worked your way up from doing some jobs in Idaho was one place, right? My first job. Yeah, to get to where you are today. So I wanted to ask too, with a lot of moms feeling a lot of pressure to have it all, juggle it all, do you still think that it's something women should be really leaning into is taking these big life risks? I know that you did some of that before your kids were born, but I still feel like if you have a dream, how, what's the extent that you go to really have that realized? And what risks do you think are the good risks to take? It really depends on each individual and each person. I always grew up as someone who was dreaming about what career I was going to have. And that was what I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about like my wedding day or having kids. Those weren't things that were in my mind. And I also, before I had kids, had ambitions to be an international correspondent and to travel the world and to be in these crazy places where things are happening, places that are dangerous, places that to me at the time seemed so exciting. And that's where I wanted to be. Once I had kids, the last thing I want to do is be in any of those places. But, yeah. you know, my life has changed. My world has changed and my priorities have changed. It's not about me anymore. Obviously, when you become a parent, you're living for your children. It's very hard in the sense of trying to do it all. I don't think you can really do it all. That's the thing. I think we want to do it all. We do our best to do it all. But if you're giving 100% to something, obviously something else is suffering. So you can't do that. And as a working mother, you're trying to still pursue your career and do all the things you want to do on the side. Like for myself, I do a lot of events. I'm very active in the Armenian community. They asked me to be at certain events or actually host certain events. So I'm trying to do that. At the same time, my kids are getting older. They're involved in so many activities now. And so I'm busier with that. And I also want to be the one taking them to some of these things, whether it's a piano re recital or, or an art class, have play dates. I, I can't just hand them off to someone else. Like I also have to be involved volunteering at the school. My hours, I get up at 3.30 in the morning and I don't get very much sleep. So I'm running on fumes here. If I didn't have the help of my mom and my sister-in-law and my husband, who's super supportive and also helpful in me trying to do it all, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. But this past weekend, I did an event and I was gone from two in the afternoon until 11 p.m. That was like my entire Sunday. And a part of me felt guilty because I had arranged like I pawned my kids off first to my sister, then to my sister-in-law, then to my mom, then to my grandma. I had shifts lined up so that they wouldn't get bored and they wouldn't get tired. And the whole time I'm, you know, actively at this event, I'm checking my phone to see where they are and getting updates. And then I came home and of course it was great. It was wonderful. And like, I did something for other people at the same time. I, my kids were excited to see me and they were sad I was gone all day. So then you have the mom guilt thing, which you have, we all have, and you can't do anything about. Yeah. I wanted to ask you how involved your husband is, because I feel like that's something that's getting more awareness now too, is like this idea of not husbands helping out, but husbands pulling their weight because they are 50% of the family. And so I, I like it how you said that too, that like everybody does their part and that you have support. But I, I can't imagine that with a job like yours and a schedule where, I mean, you guys, she is, she was just in this like amazing black dress at this gala. Was that last night or the night before? That was, on, that was on Sunday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it was incredible. And I just kept thinking like, oh my gosh, like she's got this. And then she's got 
the work the next day. And yeah. a lot of times I ask these moms too, like, how is everybody doing it? And they say, we're not sleeping. Like at the end of the day, I think women just aren't sleeping. And so I wonder too, if that's ever kind of caught up with you. It hasn't. This week's been rough because it was a late night Sunday and I never quite made up for it. So I've been just kind of pushing along. Um, and I think it, I, I, I have to do better at that because I know I get, when I'm tired, I'm grumpy. We all are, right? Yeah. So I, I give all my energy and time at work. So by the time I get home, I'm so tired that I have nothing left to give. And now I have to give the energy to my family, but I'm tired. So I end up being like kind of grumpy and kind of like a zombie. I'm there, but I'm not there. It's great that I work early. I have the whole day with the kids. Yet yeah. sometimes I'm thinking it's one thing to have the quantity of having time with kids, but I think it's lacking the quality because I'm not super engaged. Like I'm just kind of floating. I feel like I'm floating. So I have to do better at getting sleep because when I get sleep, I'm definitely, I feel it. Like I'm much more attentive. Yeah. I'm in a better mood. They get a better, my energy is better for them. So I have to work on that. Maybe that should be my New Year's resolution. I mean, maybe, Araxia. I feel like you work the night shift in some, on some level. You really do. I used to have a grandmother or like a step-grandmother who worked the night shift at like a paper mill. And she would come home at like 9 a.m. This would be summers we'd spend with her. And she would go to sleep. And it was like, figure it out. We were kids. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. entertain yourself. I'm sleeping for three or four hours. And so, I mean, maybe that's it too, but I do feel like women are just going to drive themselves into the ground if we can't say no and if we can't really make time for sleep. So that's really interesting. So as far as your husband goes though, oh, do you yeah. feel Let's like he's kind of like, so they're calling it now like primary dad or a lead dad. Do you feel like he takes on kind of like a lead role then during the week? He definitely, he definitely does. I mean, when I leave for work, he's the one there. And then my mom and my sister-in-law if they can, because they all work as well. So I've wow. chose, here's the thing. I've chosen not to have outside help. That was a choice I made. I didn't want a babysitter. And so I wanted to try to do this with us and my family, which is wonderful. But they also have jobs and they also have lives. So I'm always kind of trying to coordinate around that as well. And they're very helpful and accommodating. But again, I can't expect them to drop everything. They're not getting paid to be there. It's not their job. They're doing it because they want to. And they're doing it because... It's family. But my husband, I mean, he's amazing. He he comes to me, he comes with me to every single event. He's super supportive with the kids. He's the one, like, if they're sick, I, I leave the kids if they're sick with a fever with like 100 degrees or 102 degrees. Well, because you have like, to. I have to go. I have to go to work. My job's not the kind where I cannot go. Right. I've done it before, but most of the times I go because he's like, I'm fine. I'll handle it. And he's the one with them. And and then he'll take them to the doctor or arrange to go to school to drop off the paperwork that needs to be dropped off that we are falling behind on or whatever it is. And he works too. So it's, but he's also trying to make it so that I can pursue and continue on my career path. And when I heard, had my first daughter, Sevon, I went back to work after six weeks, which is now. No. And I would not have been able to do that had it not been for him like really being supportive and being like, look, I've got this, like, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. I look back now and I'm like, I was crazy to do that because with my second one, I did stay the full three months and I felt so much better. It felt good to not feel the pressure, which I put upon myself to go back to work. It was such a good feeling to feel like I still have a job. I still have the career. I don't have to rush back. I can enjoy this moment that 
is going to come and go and will never come back again in my life. And it felt so good to feel that way. And now I think back at how I felt the first time around and I was a different person. Um, I wonder too, I wanted to ask you if you feel like the worth ethic, work ethic for like first generation Americans here is different because I feel like it is. Maybe that's kind of a blanket statement, but I just feel like your level of hustle and working and professionalism and showing up because you made a commitment. Even today, you guys, I was like, listen, this is the day before Thanksgiving. You can totally bail, right? And I've had people bail last minute, like five minutes before for like nothing reasons, right? Not Araxia. She's showing up. Like, so I wonder too, if that is something that you were just kind of born with or coming here, having this big dream. And I want to hear what your big dream is. If you don't, if you feel like there's a little bit more pressure to succeed and see things through. Well, perhaps again, I think the core and the foundation definitely comes from you as an individual. I grew up in a family where work ethic is really strong. My grandfather, he's 94, he goes to work every single day. Like I have people like that in my life who I have the example in front of me, but also it's my personality. Like if I do something, I either do it all the way. And when I do it all the way, I do it all the way, or I don't do it. I don't do things in between really. So I'm very extreme in that sense. But yeah, I came to this country. I was seven and a half. I did not speak English. And the moment I arrived, they threw me into school and I like didn't know anything. And they put me in ESL, which was English as a second language, which was that they pulled you aside from the classroom to have extra time with you to help you. And I did not like that because I felt like I was being taken out Mm. and singled out. And I made it my goal from that moment that I'm getting out of this ESL class. And it didn't take very long for me to come out of it because I was like, no, this isn't working for me. And so I... From that point on, like I was trying to be involved in every school activity. I didn't want to, you know, it was like FOMO almost. I didn't right. want, I didn't want to be held back in any way. And and yes, you know, I'm the first generation in this country, first one to go to school, go to college here, and to have a career. So there definitely is that fresh, I, I don't know if I want to call it fresh, the drive. I would say drive. drive. It's a drive and I don't take it for granted. I, I have no idea what my life would have been like in Armenia had I stayed, but I definitely don't take any of it for granted and I make the most of it. Well, it shows. It's definitely something you're, she's just always polished, always on it. I love your Cheeto breaks though, in between um, <laughs> on TV. I feel like you keep it real as much as you are like super polished and buttoned up. So let me ask you this, Araxia, what is the big dream? Like what, where do you want to go from here? Um, you know, again, if you'd asked me this question before I had kids, I would have said, I want to work at a network. I want to be on a national stage. Now I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. And this is a very competitive business and industry and nothing is forever. And people on TV are perhaps the most insecure people, to be quite honest with you because there's always someone waiting in the wings to to take over. So you always have that in the back of your mind. I'm happy to be in LA to be near my family, my husband's family, have our kids being raised in a really wonderful place, being part of the Armenian American community, which I feel like I'm able to highlight many stories or causes or issues that are important for my community. So I feel like I'm serving a purpose And if I could just keep doing what I'm doing, I would be happy. Down the line, I've always said I want to get into documentary filmmaking because I love documentaries or I don't know, maybe when they write a book, I'm not sure quite about what, but little things I think about, I just would like to just keep doing this. 
I think. Yeah. But with more sleep, we can't have you running at this pace for like another 10 or 20 years. I, you know, age, age definitely catches up with you when you're younger and you can do all nighters and stay up late, take the exam and still go out. Yeah, definitely can't do those anymore. Well, I appreciate the time that you spent with us today. I just have one more question that I've always wanted to ask journalists, especially who are like front facing anchors on TV. After you get off, do you immediately go home and put on sweats and wash your face? Totally. Like the first thing I do when we're done, I'm going to change my clothes. I'm always in sweats or like leggings or flip flops. And my hair goes up, my, my lashes come off. In fact, I'll take them off right now. My lashes come off. Yeah. Like my makeup comes off. I'm very much not like this in real life. I'm really like low key. Well, I kind of doubt that though. Like I feel like, look, I mean, but you get some amazing dress. Yay. I, I mean, I, today we're streaming the end of the show. So I was like, I'm gonna put, I'm taking these heels off. Like, I'm just going to be comfortable. I mean, that's the best thing about studios being open, at least to some guests now, is I've been doing some segments. And I always, I always ask that question too. Like, what do they do after in between breaks? And it's so great to see people. And so many times anchors are wearing like Uggs, like under the table. And then they get off. And, and I have seen them like at the end before changing into something. And everybody's like peeling out the second everything's done if they don't have any meat. Meetings. But I've always wondered that because even when I'm on for like, I mean, I have like three to six minute spots, I'm immediately washing my face. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, immediately get me out of these spanks, get me back to like clean skin. But that's why, that's why on weekends when people dress up and go out, I'm the opposite. Like, I, right. I don't want to do any of those things. No. I also don't want to like, I, some part of me doesn't even want to socialize because I'm just like tired and I'm a homebody. I'm a homebody, but I'm not like, I want to be out and about with like my family, you know? Right. Like Like your, your, your tight network. And that's got to be this wonderful other like piece of fulfillment for them too. Right. If they're not that they would ever want to get paid or anything, but I think just knowing that they're being so entrenched in your life and really being there while your kids grow has got to be a huge upside that I think is lost on a lot of people. We live here. We don't have family. They're in Illinois still. And we, so we do have babysitters and the mom guilt. Oof girl, like it's, it's big. Listen, I also want to make sure that I say like people, I mean, everyone's life is different and I wish I could feel comfortable having babysitters. It would make my life certainly easier and everyone else's life around me easier. It's just my own thing that like I'm trying to do without, but everyone has to do what they have to do. And if you have like awesome help and you found like reliable people, that's so wonderful. Like there's so many great people out there who love kids, who like are child development experts. Like that's wonderful. But I wonder if that has partly to do with you hearing all of these scary stories. Oh yeah. All day. Right. Like that's part of it. I'm definitely like a control and type A person on my own anyway. Like I'm the person yesterday, yesterday I got home and it was, we had so many things going on after work that when I got home, I got, I do, I do this thing where I'm like, I'm going to clean something real quick. And then that ends up being like all these other things, two and a half hours into cleaning the house because I can't stop. And my co-anchor this morning, he's like, why don't you just hire someone to clean your house? I'm like, you know the answer to that. Because before they come over to clean the house, I'm going to clean the house. And then they're going to- You don't have a house cleaner? You have to clean it again. No, I do it all. I did. I used to have one. I used to have one every two weeks. And then my kids were born, it got harder. And then it became once a month. And then the pandemic happened and we said, stop for a while. And I haven't gotten back and I will eventually, but I'm always, I, I, it's almost like my de-stressor clean. I hear that. I totally get that. Like I don't cook. I'm not a cooker at all. Like I'm, that's right. not my thing. 
but I'm really good at cleaning. <laughs> really? But you know what? The thing is, is if it, if a cleaner was there, you could be sleeping or meditating or but writing. I but I won't. I'll be doing things still. That's the thing. My husband right. laughs at me. He's like, "You when we go on vacation, he knows the drill. Like we get to the hotel room and I'm like, hold on, let me do my thing. And wow. he's like, maybe you can get a job here. Like, Oh my God, that's a riot. <laughs> you leave their hotel room cleaner than when we got there. Well, I'm going to send you my book, which has all sorts of like cheat sheet, like for super working time starved mothers but there's gotta be like the unicorn space right is what they talk about like this creative flow because even you're just saying like oh maybe someday a documentary maybe someday a book then you kind of have to really take that seriously right yeah. if there's that voice then it's there for a reason so we look forward to seeing what you come up with hopefully after some nights of 10 hours sleep to try to catch up that's funny that's like three days worth that's crazy. Okay, that's crazy. I, yeah, I've been better. Two days worth. I'll say two. That's two days worth for me, though, right now. Ten hours sure. is two days worth? Yeah. 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 Okay. And that's an improvement. I know. I feel like we talked, maybe it was a year ago, and I think we talked about work-life balance for moms, too, and I was a guest on the show, and you had said the same thing. I think you were, like, at three and on a bad night, and I was like, wow, like, I can't believe people can function like that, but it catches up with you, honestly. When I get, when I'm rested, I definitely perform better on television. My energy's different. I mean, it's not rocket science. My energy's different, better. I'm sharper. Like, I'm more aware of what's going on. I'm, and then sometimes when I'm tired, this is funny, hours will go by. And then sometime later on in the day, I'm like, oh, that's the question I wanted to ask the person. <laughs> it comes to me hours later, but that's because I was tired. You know? Right, right. Well, listen, you've got us all fooled then because you look super refreshed and polished. And I mean, you are, but the refreshed part, you're holding it all together. I think that you're a wonderful example of following your dreams. I think that a lot of times kids can become these really convenient excuses to give up on things and maybe let the mom guilt overcome you. So thank you for doing your thing. Thank you for being a wonderful, comforting face, at least here in the LA area. I love watching you guys and it takes the edge off some of that bad news. So Thank you for making time for us today and helping our listeners get a peek behind what it's like to be a TV anchor in a major metropolitan area. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. This is my pleasure.